Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. And Mr. Patrick, it is indeed beautiful and will be a lovely day today. I think 75, bright sunny skies, and it's the 22nd of November. You may recall that day 58 years ago if you were around. I was a senior in high school. John F. Kennedy uh, was murdered at high noon in Dallas, Texas, and uh, 58 years ago today. Wow. I remember the moment we were walking up to first class after lunch, about 12 o'clock, came on the loudspeaker. They said the president has been shot, and then we found out, oh, 15, 20 minutes later that he had, was dead, and they sent us home, and everybody spent the weekend watching television. And if you were around on Sunday morning, you would have got to see, as I did, Lee Harvey Oswald being shot by Jack Ruby on live television. That was interesting. So to this day, the U.S. government still says that Lee Harvey Oswald was the lone assassin of John F. Kennedy. And so I guess we'll find out exactly from the government. Of course, there's been about 150 books written, and by all um, accounts, that's certainly not true. There was about nine shots that were fired. And um, so I guess when we find out from the government what the real story is, Someday, 50 years from now, they'll tell us that, oops, uh, COVID was an oopsie-daisy. Tomorrow, we're going to talk with, oh my God, uh, oh, this will be fun. She's a whistleblower from the United Nations. It's a pretty spooky organization. She worked for them. She's going to pull out some dirty laundry, and we'll spread it around one radio network. On Wednesday, Richard Mayberry, on the last uh, Wednesday of the month, he's a good one, really nice economic Economist, economist and economic advisor and um, really in tune with geopolitics and what's going on today. And then a very special guest uh, after Richard Mayberry we have located and there is a person, a gentleman who is actually at the very first uh, Thanksgiving which was in Jamestown I think in 1630 or something no sound on the video? What do you mean there's no sound on the video? Um, it's going over the air. Um, so, I don't know. It's going over the air. Lynn, can you hear me okay? Lynn's taking notes? Let me know. Otherwise, I'll have to regroup here and figure out what's going on. Anyway, uh, he, uh, this fellow was around at the first Thanksgiving in 1630 or so in Jamestown. He's very old. We'll talk to him about longevity about what the first Thanksgiving was like, and that'll be um, Wednesday afternoon about 1.30. Not quite as old as Dr. Jennifer Daniels. She's been around a little bit, but, you know, not quite that old. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Jennifer Daniels is an MD. She's out of um, Panama, the great Panama City Canal thing. How are you doing, girl? How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. Thank you. You look great. I like your little bandana there, little head thing. One of my buddies made it for me, gave it to me as a gift a couple uh-huh. years back. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So do people do Thanksgiving in Panama, or is that just an American thing? Both. So the Americans in Panama do Thanksgiving. Huh. Do they have pig or turkey, do you know? It is exactly... Like in the United States. Yeah. You've got to have the turkey, the cranberry, the stuffing, the gravy, the green beans and bacon. It is exactly. Yeah. So will you do anything special? Are you going to hang out? Or what, what will you do? Anything special? I've been invited to two Thanksgiving celebrations. Oh, man. Are you going to go? Yeah. Usually I do one whole Thanksgiving dinner. I cook the whole thing, like start to finish. Uh-huh. And uh, so this year I can just make a few pies, you know, and I'm done. Yeah, 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 yeah. I sure have been enjoying my pig cheeks from my farmer's market pig person. That, you know, that's, yes. oh, that's the best part of the pig ever. Man, I mean, whoa. <laughs> yes. Is it? Whoo, man. Well, I think 
you know, as you start looking into health and healing, you realize we have most of our lives been trained to leave the healthiest parts of the animal and the tastiest parts behind. But but gizzards and livers and that don't taste that tasty, do they? But they are good for us. Well, I'm just saying the pig cheeks is an example of an extremely tasty Taste. part of the animal. Yeah, I mean, it, you just can't beat it. The flavor is just tender. It's yeah. everything. And, and even uh, health-wise, you know, it, it fixes your skin and gives you structure under your skin so things don't sag and droop. So... You know, that's just one example. All the other parts, you know, you can discuss them, like, individually. But I think if people will try all the different parts of the animal, they're going to find that their favorite part is not the part they've been eating. <laughs> that it's something, one of these newer pieces actually is more uh, more appetizing. Yeah, yeah. They also have the jowls, and I put that in the Instapot a few weeks ago and made a whole thing. And that was quite tasty as well, the pig jowls. Yeah. Yeah. And bacon, right. of course. I mean, bacon. You can't beat fried, fried pig, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> well, yes, as a matter of fact, that's what the pig cheek is. It's a better grade of bacon. So it's uh, a wider cut, and the meat is more marbled, and the flavor is better. But really, you can use the pig cheek in place of bacon. Oh, you could. Oh. Oh, yeah, you just salt it, slice it, fry it up, and it works every place you would put bacon, and it's a better experience. So this whole idea of the pig, you know, that as you know, they use pig valves for, you know, people get heart replacements and all of that. Is there something kind of connected as far as the, the organs and the humans and pigs that you know of? Yes, Genetically uh, and physiologically, people and pigs are very, very similar. Huh. And that's why pig, ins pig insulin was used for humans before they had the synthetic, gen genetically modified insulin, by the way. So people who are taking insulin nowadays are injecting GMO material. Really? Same people who, by the way, might not eat GMO. Yeah, most of the drugs these days are GMO. Hmm. People are totally oblivious to that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, pigs are very similar. So similar that the organs can be transplanted and that uh, insulin, a product of the pig pancreas, can be used in humans. Have you ever uh, understood what this, the biblical kind of thing against pigs and Jewish things and pork and all of that was about? No. Um, I mean, I'm not a religious person. However, a lot of these prohibitions against certain types of foods were because they did not have refrigeration. Huh. And so certain things spoiled quicker and easier and caused. Mm -hmm. So a lot of those uh, edicts or directions were really for, for health and safety reasons. I've read that the from someone I trust that the whole idea of the India and not eating the cow was just about they wanted the people to not starve, so they said, don't eat your cow. Keep it. <laughs> yes, again, it's, it's because there was some cultural event or practice or organization at the time mm -hmm. where that particular direction was beneficial. Yeah, for the people, right? Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Don't eat it. Milk it and live, you know? Right, milk it and make it last. <laughs> <laughs> Make it last, yeah. <clears throat> well, Miss uh, Daniels, we're looking at the world from a, you know, our rose-colored glasses here. But if you look around the world in places like Germany, they're reporting today the highest cases ever of COVID. Don't you? Isn't it fascinating that the whole world knows that the COVID test, the PCR, is totally flawed, and they're still running this thing up the flagpole. We're using the word flawed, let's just be precise, unreliable, unreliable. meaningless. Let's yeah. use the word meaningless. Yeah. It, it means nothing. It, it's, it's as uh, significant as flipping a coin or rolling a roulette wheel or whatever. Hmm. So it has no importance. It doesn't predict if you were sick, are sick, or will become sick. So, and it, so it has no predictive value. 
and doesn't even predict if you are infectious or not infectious. So that people understand this and keep using it and obeying it suggests that people have decided that obedience is simply the best uh, thing. So people value obedience. So the fact that the test is reliable or not is actually irrelevant. Mm-hmm. This is one big obedience test for adults, of course. Yeah, it seems to be. And now it appears that these people that have been doing it, the Fauci and company, they're walking back a lot of things to try to cover their tracks because, you know, they're getting caught. Fauci is actually on record on uh, um, some podcast, New York Times, uh, you know, very clearly that the vaccine doesn't protect anybody, will not do isn't done much of anything. Correct. And that is, by the way, the position of the medical industrial complex and what they're telling doctors. Really? So they say that in one breath, that the vaccine does not prevent infection, doesn't prevent you from being infected, and does not protect you from transmitting it. Doesn't do either. So give it a zero on both counts. But once you're infected, your chances of dying are less. And again, they don't have... uh, you know, everything they've told us to this point has been false. So we can just wait a little bit, a few months maybe, and find that that probably won't be true either. So we've got a vaccine that does not protect you from harming other people. In other words, if, you're, if, you, are not vac- if you are vaccinated, you can still get infected and you can still transmit the disease to grandma and grandma can still drop dead the only benefit to vaccination at this point is, supposedly, let's just, let's believe it, let's not even question it, hmm. is that the person being vaccinated has less of a chance of dying from COVID. And that is it. And if that's the case, if there is no public good to vaccination, in other words, my being vaccinated is not going to protect you or anyone else for that matter, then you can't make a case for compelling a person to get vaccinated in order to protect other people because that's not what the vaccine does. Very curious thing is going on here. Now we have federal courts that are saying the vaccine mandates are unconstitutional and uh, this administration, the people handling Biden are just pushing ahead full steam. Like, Bad, do it anyway. <laughs> do it anyway, man. You know, I mean, it's almost like well, Dr. Again, What's going on here, I think, is whoever's running the show has reached their economic goals. You know, whether it's devaluing the dollar, uh, whether it's reorganizing people in a, in a digital fashion, whether it's uh, crashing the economy in a controlled demolition, whatever the economic goals were, have been reached. That's my read on. Hmm. Well, I mean, it hasn't crashed yet, and the dollar is still the cleanest dirty shirt in the laundry right now around the world, but I think you're on to something. I think that's their their mission. Right, but what I'm trying to say is, I'll even go so far as to say I'm not sure what their mission is. No, All me I'm neither. Is, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No. They, they have made progress towards it. Hmm. Sufficient progress. Like, okay, fine, shut it down. And so they can uh, shut down, say, COVID and bring in climate change for January. Yeah. Well, what we've been seeing quite a bit of, Dr. Daniels, I wanted to ask you about, other than climate change, we know that's on the horizon, is smallpox. Have you seen that? That's the new one coming up. (laughs) Now, as you will recall, smallpox had been eradicated. That's what they said. Do you remember that? No, no, no. We're going to believe it. Oh, we're going to believe it? you, You can't. Yeah, we're not going to get selected, believe this, don't believe that. We're going to believe the whole thing. It makes it easier to discuss it because <laughs> you know, we're all dealing with the same set of information. <laughs> smallpox was eradicated. How was smallpox eradicated? And how is smallpox spread? Those are two good questions. So smallpox is spread almost exclusively by the fecal oral route. Is, is that right? by you being exposed to the feces of an infected person. So wait, how did that happen? Well, it happened because people used outdoor outhouses that were shared by several households. 
So one outhouse was generally shared by anywhere from 50 to 5,000 people, depending on what country you are in. Now we have a situation where we have, let's call it indoor plumbing. And now average household size is what, three people? At least two bathrooms. And in many cases, uh, there's more bathrooms than people in any given house. Mm-hmm. So because people stopped sharing bathrooms, smallpox died out, wasn't transmitted. So now, smallpox is still smallpox. So today, 2021, the only way to get smallpox <laughs> is <laughs> by coming into contact with someone else's feces. Who is infected, by the way? So you cannot get smallpox from someone who doesn't have it. Let's be clear. Now, what's another way to get in touch with someone else's feces? The answer is to put it in the water supply. So if you don't have smallpox, let's just say you don't because you look pretty healthy, then simply getting a tabletop distiller and exclusively drinking distilled slash purified water, you're not going to catch smallpox. You can set out all these epidemic pandemics if you just don't rely on the government for your water supply. Super simple. And then your bathroom, don't share it. What is smallpox anyway, Dr. Daniels? Is it, is it, what is it? Supposedly. Supposedly. Okay. <laughs> you know, so we're getting this information from a source. Right. A medical industrial complex is patently unreliable, right? Right. Okay. <laughs> so smallpox, uh, even pox, was uh, is, is characterized by blisters. So it's, supposedly it's caused caused by the variola virus. The what, babe? The what? Variola virus. Variola virus. Interesting. Variola. Yeah, variola. Okay. Yeah. And they say it was contagious, meaning it spread from one person to another. People who had smallpox had a fever, a distinctive progressive skin rash. Yeah, pox means um, skin rash, which is blisters. Mm-hmm. Most people recovered. But three out of ten with the disease died. That's a pretty high death rate by today's standards. Many survivors have permanent scars over large areas of their body, especially their faces, and some are left blind. Okay. Now, they're saying thanks to the success of vaccination, smallpox was eradicated. And so there's really no uh, evidence of that, right? Because smallpox was pretty much gone before the vaccines uh, were used. However, there have been no cases of naturally occurring smallpox since 1977. Now, there have been unnatural cases, right? That's why they use the the word natural. So, as with uh, polio, so polio, the outbreaks have been exclusively from the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Let's see if smallpox had the same, same uh, fate. I didn't. Smallpox. We're talking with Dr. Jennifer Daniels, Patrick Timpone, if you'd like to be on this show. You can try our 800 number. It's working this morning, 888-663-6386. Email patrick at oneradionetwork.com. There was a very um, detailed story. Okay, vials labeled as smallpox found in Philadelphia facility. So apparently the government is disseminating smallpox. So you, there's no natural... If you got smallpox now, let's call it 2021... It's not a natural thing. It's a man-made thing. So there now is no natural transmission of smallpox. Hmm. In other words, from nature, there's no reservoir. So the government does have vials and facilities where it's breeding the stuff. Is it going to put it in the water, in the food? I don't know. Yeah, we saw a report they bought several hundred million smallpox vaccines the government bought about six months ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know what that means. But, you know. Well, it means that they're planning to have to create an outbreak. <laughs> so there you go, Evan. Yeah. So we just told you how to keep from being a, a victim of the outbreak, and the way you keep from being a victim is not to drink the water. You know, uh, cook your food well, 
and have a private bathroom. If you do those three things, you're pretty much disease proof. That beats ivermectin, you know, once a month <laughs> or once a year. <laughs> once a year. Ivermectin. Yeah. Let's take this phone call. Good morning. You're on the air with Dr. Daniels. Hello. Uh, yes, hi. Dr. Daniels, you said to take ivermectin on an empty stomach. Yep. Yes. And then um, how long after uh, should one wait before eating? An hour. Okay. Um, my mother, she got the, um, the Pfizer shot, unbeknownst to me, back in May, mm-hmm. and... Um, she never. She didn't. She said she didn't have any adverse reactions. Not even a sore arm. Um, right. Can I? Do you think that that could have been like a placebo or something? Because she didn't even get sick for like twenty four hours, like some people do. Um, she she didn't have any reaction at all. Everybody is and different, I, and she might have an immune system at all. So when you get a shot and you get the redness and the fever, that's your immune system reacting. So for an older person, they, their, their immune system might be so suppressed that they just don't have any reactions to anything, really. Oh, interesting. Okay. Should I give her um, ivermectin? She has uh, arthritis. How old is she? 75. How old is she? 75. Yeah, I, I, I would... I would Chill, you know, did she ask you to give her something? What, what's going on here? Um, well, she has arthritis, and I'm just afraid that the effects of the shot would make that, make it worse. Or she, she, she also has, um, she gets bronchitis every year, so I was thinking of giving her ivermectin once a month. What I would do is stop trying to be her mother. Stop trying, trying to be her parent. Just chill. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, let her do whatever she wants to do. Once you get to be a certain age, I'm 64, over 60, you just want to be left alone, just want to just live your life the way you want, right? And you don't really appreciate it when your kids come up with this newfangled cure for this, cure for that kind of thing. So I think the best thing to do is to respect her sovereignty, and if she's not complaining about it, don't worry about addressing it. She does complain. So she hasn't said to you, right. oh, I have that bronchitis every year, and I'm worried about that. And what do you think I should do about that bronchitis? So if she says that to you, those are the exact words, then you can offer her something. But if she doesn't say that, I would not bother. Okay. okay. Thank you. So let's say she gets on her knees and begs you for the cure for bronchitis. Uh, I would lean towards, uh, there's two ways to handle it. One, wait for her to get it. And then just slather her chest with Vicks Vapor Rub front and back and um, give her vitality capsules or something to make her poop. Because the number one cause of these respiratory issues once a year is simply constipation. So the best thing you can really do for her is not let her get constipated and keep her drinking water. That would be the best thing you can do for her. All these other things, even ivermectin, is um, not only icing on the cake, kind of like a cherry on top. But if, but if she's if she's hydrated and she's pooping, chances are she's not going to get any kind of health issue for you to intervene with. As long as she's eliminating regularly. Correct. No. Here's an email for you, Doc. Yesterday I had an emergency surgery on my ankle, broke the fibula in the joint in two places, and snapped two tendons. Uh, while hiking in the mountains. Uh, I had to slide down the mountain to, on my butt for a half a kilometer and then got the super lucky to find a hunter and a logging slash to get me out of there. Wow. So two months to recover with leg up. Well, that's what they're saying. What can I take uh, to speed up the healing and get proper motion back after it mends? So let's just say, let's, let's, as I say, start at the very beginning. So I like hiking, and I've had to slide down the mountain a kilometer, and I've fallen, and I didn't break anything. How come? How come? How come you broke a tibula, a fibula, and tore two tendons? The answer is, one, you didn't have sufficient flexibility. What happens is, when your joint 
bend suddenly and you don't have the flexibility in your tendon, the tendon doesn't stretch, the muscle doesn't stretch, and the bone breaks. Hmm. So that's how you broke your tibula and the fibula. Of course, you broke your, your tendon because the tendon was just plain weak. So the best thing for you to do is, is solve the problem that created, solve or create your problems. The first thing you do is to eat cow, C-O-W, foot, F-O-O-T, soup, cow foot soup. So cow foot soup gives you the material you need to fix your tendons, to fix your bones and everything. So it's going to repair the whole shebang. It's going to accelerate your healing. Now, cow foot, uh, one cow foot weighs about six pounds. So what I do is I just boil the whole thing up and, um, you know, in some water. And you got to cook it a long time. It's pretty darn tough. I generally pressure cook mine for two hours, or you could slow cook it for 12 hours. But in any case, you want it to kind of fall off the bone done. And two cups is a serving. So two cups of the whole soup, uh, I would say daily for as long as you can stand it, which is probably going to be four days. And then maybe like Monday, Wednesday, Friday after that. And you'll feel the difference. You will feel the pain getting less hmm. and you'll actually feel uh, yourself healing pretty dramatically. Now, once you get to where you can uh, put weight on this limb without pain, then I would work on stretching exercises. And maybe do things like foam roll the muscles, so the muscle stretches, uh, stretches out. So what I found when I tried uh, hiking was that literally I was so stiff that I, and that's what made me prone to fall. And so what I do now is I really focus on the stretching. And so I managed to master not only left front split, right front split, but a back bend where I bend all the way back into a bridge on the floor and then stand back up. And that stretches out your hip flexors, which get very short from um, sitting either in a chair or sitting in a car or just you know, sitting. And the next time you have to slide down a hill, make sure you grab a very big leaf, a few of them, and slide down on the leaf. <laughs> leaf sliding. So when we hear stories of... Well, uh, the, the, leaf, the leaf takes the friction and it gets destroyed and torn up, not your butt and not your tendons. Yeah. And then as that leaf wears out, you just grab another leaf or a bunch of them to sit on. When we hear stories of... And of, of course, next time around, take a take a guide with you and then, uh, I mean, you, you may still fall, but at least the guide can help you as you go down by getting you piled up more leaves to sit on to slide for the next 100 feet or so. Uh-huh. Often the elderly uh, fall in the shower and break a hip. You've heard so many stories. Is that a uh, mm -hmm. combination, Doc, of, of uh, somehow their bones are weak in that point and also uh, not flexible? No, that's a different thing. Because the shower, we're going to assume the shower is flat. It's not like a hill. It's not sloped. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So there's no stretching needed there. The thing that happens with this person, this adult who falls in the shower, is their legs are so weak that n neither leg can, can hold their full weight. In fact, probably both legs together cannot hold their full weight. And so when they move so that their body is not suspended perfectly between their two feet, they fall. Because their legs are so weak that both legs together are not enough to hold their weight up unless their, their center of gravity is right over those legs. So if the center of gravity moves where it's not to right over the legs, then because they don't have the strength in their muscles to pull them that center of gravity back. We got some background noise there. Uh, uh, hear it? There's a yeah, the house next, the house uh, down the way. The lady is sick, and so her very kind nephew is fixing up the house for sale to pay her medical bills. Oh, I see. So it's like a power tool of some kind. So no problem. Okay. Yes. Nothing we can do about that. That's a, not a big deal. And we'll do another call. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Hi. You're on the air. Uh, yes. I'm on the air right now. Yes, you are. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. I appreciate it. Yes. Okay. So um, I was diagnosed with antiphospholipid antibody syndrome. I beg your pardon. Um, Say that again. Who? It's an antiphospholipid antibody syndrome. Okay. It's after having a miscarriage 
a, in a Rogam shot, and then three months later, in July 2020, I had a stroke. So they diagnosed me with the a, APS, they call it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they put me on warfarin and Coumadin, mm. and um, I discovered um, Mrs. Daniels' teachings and have been binge-listening archive talks <laughs> and uh, just wanting to get off of this drug, and I just appreciate like everything she says, and I just feel so blessed, so, so, so blessed. Anyways... So I just, I, I don't know, I'm thinking maybe to try to do the turpentine, but I don't know if I should go off of the drug and then do the turpentine or turpentine and then go off the drug to clean up. I think it might be the Rogam, it might be, and it was like, you know, right after the COVID, the COVID stuff kind of like, I don't know. So I don't know. Yeah. So that's your main question is if what? you want to try some what? turpentine. What should you do? Yeah. No, 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 no. Question is what should she do? Yeah. Good question. Can we agree that that would be the question, what should she do? Indeed. Yeah. Answer's not, tur turpentine is not the answer. <laughs> so <laughs> if we have to talk about turpentine, we can, but that's not the what should you do. So you've, okay. got, you've got a big, big problem here. The big problem is you've been injected with something that has acted like a, a uh, tinker toy wheel and is grabbing stuff and clotting it together in your body. So this thing has got to be removed. That's your problem. Okay. So we need to solve that problem. So the answer lies actually in the diagnosis name, which is phospholipid. So what we need to do is we need to pump in so much phospholipid uh, into your body that that poison gloms on to what we pumped in and gets expelled in your poop. Hmm. So that is the answer. Okay. So sounds sounds complicated. It's not. <laughs> relax, relax. <laughs> so <laughs> your first thing to do is get on a scale, figure out how much you weigh, divide it by fifty, and drink that many liters of water every day. That's number one. Number two, you've definitely got to poop at least three times a day. Four would be nice, but let's go for three. Number three, you've got to replace pretty much all the phospholipids in your body so that your body can dump the, the now uh, contaminated phospholipids in your body. So that's what's okay. got to do. So what's, what's a phospholipid and how do you eat them and like, where are they? Hmm. So the phospholipid is a bilayer membrane. Uh, it's a component of the bilayer membrane in every cell of your body. And the simplest way to replace all of those is to eat an ultra-high cholesterol diet, the opposite of what your doctor's doing. Oh, okay. So, high cholesterol foods, which uh, precisely repair and fix this whole phospholipid situation, would be liver is the one most will find psychologically most palatable. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, you can do better. So uh, liver is it's good. But you should go next level and eat something like maybe bull testicles or brain, which have 10 times the cholesterol of the liver, and you'll get uh, results better. Awesome. What else should you eat? You should eat something fatty like, um, you know, cow cheek, like we were talking about earlier in the broadcast. Or you can eat um, ham hocks, let your husband have the meat. You can eat the fat stuff. So those, what those things will do, though, is they will aggressively replace the phospholipids in your body and flush out the contaminated phospholipids in your body. That's what I would do. Now, well, Dr. Daniels, what about turpentine? Now, you could take turpentine, but to take turpentine without putting in the phospholipids to repair the damage is not a good idea. So in other words, you don't want to say, well, you know, I've got this window, it's a little little loose, it's winter, it's snowing outside, let me just throw that window away. No. <laughs> May not be a good window, but it's better than no window at all. So you've got to bring in the new materials as you dump out the old materials. And once you have the bound movements going, I'd recommend the extra strength vitality capsules because it has the cayenne in it, which accelerates the circulation. But uh, You've got your poop going, you've got your hydration going, you've added your liver, testicles, or brain, whatever you have the uh, emotional fortitude to do. 
you've added your ham hocks. So now you've got your phospholipid um, replacement system in place. Then is when I would add the turpentine. I would not start with it. After a while. Now, th there's probably some kind of supplement phospholipid stuff that you could buy, but you would want to do it through it, food. Don't do it. Don't do do it, the food. Don't do it. Okay. Okay. I just want to make Besides clear. That, get on a scale. How much do you weigh? You're trying to replace 10 to 20% of your weight. Uh, yeah. How many bottles of supplements would you have to take to do that? <laughs> you never, you're never going to get there. Well, I just ask because I know people think, think like that. Right. No, no. I'm glad you asked. Yeah. I'm glad you asked. And I'm glad I could give a very firm answer. Yeah. Don't do it. Can you get some of those, caller, can you get some of those things that she's recommending? Can you find them, you Oh, think? absolutely. I've actually, I've actually uh, just in the past, like, few months, I've actually tried to do a really high, clean keto diet. So, you know, I've been doing, like, lots of liver and, I've, and beef. I just bought beef fat, and I just eat that, like, for most meals and, um, you know, like, with pieces of meat or pets attached. But anyways, yes. And I appreciate it so much, your advice. I, I can't even believe I got to talk to you. Okay. <laughs> and don't take statins because, you know, they'll lower your cholesterol. No. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's what they told me to take. They told me to get on statins I right know. away, yeah, and they were freaking out, and I'm like, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Good for you. All right, sweetie. Thank Thanks. You so Thanks for calling. Thank That's you. Isn't that funny? They told her, not funny, but interesting, they told her to take statins, Dr. Daniels. Well, you know, I've looked back over everything I taught me in medical school and all the advice they told me to give patients for XYZ affliction. And every single piece of advice they told me to give patients literally made the condition worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's a few uh, exceptions, but not many. You could count the exceptions on one hand. Mm -hmm. Dr. Jennifer Daniels is here, and I'll show you, uh, you can look at it. This is uh, her new website name. It's VitalityCycles.com. So VitalityCycles.com, and you can get the Vitality uh, capsules. Can we also get the um, the Candida Cleaner report there, Doc? Yes, you can get that as well. Good job. All right, we're going to do a quick break here, and we're going to be back, and uh, we're going to ask her about what are some other things that turpentine is good for other than creepy crawlies. I want to ask her that. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. We believe by experience and the literature to back it up that distilled water bubbled with hydrogen is a very good way to go. George Wiseman is an authority on hydrogen. 98% of my fluid intake of all beverages has been distilled water that's been bubbled with the Browns gas. I am now younger uh, biologically than I was back then. This is why I'm saying that a lot of what happens with spring water, for example, is you get not only you might get the hydrogen, but you'll get minerals that are not necessarily bioavailable. A lot of places has excess calcium, for example. It ends up with calcium deposits in the body because you're getting too much calcium, even if it is bioavailable. Now that I've been inhaling the hydrogen, I find that I get my major nutrition, which is the hydrogen, calorie-free, so I was able to lose a few extra pounds. The cells won't regenerate. You won't have stem cells and that sort of thing uh -huh. if you haven't got enough hydrogen. Your cells have a certain life, and, and they're shutting down. If they're not getting their hydrogen, they're literally dehydrating. That's where the word comes yeah. from. Dehydrate. Oh, go figure. Dehydration. <laughs> oh, which is dehydrogen. Exactly. Whoa. Maybe you'd like to eat a little less food and stay hydrated. And we know how important hydration is. It's like key. The aqua machine... Bubbles hydrogen gas in your water and also breathe it in your body. 10% off promo code One Radio in our store, OneRadioNetwork.com. I've been breathing the hydrogen gas for over two years now, and uh, I used to, uh, I, I was 24, and now I'm a little, I'm just kidding. But uh, I think it's a great thing. I, I love it. I breathe it all the time. Uh, you can have the machine in a central area of your body, of your house. I was thinking about my body, and um, and I got a 25-foot cannula, and I just do everything to rebound, do my exercising, work on my screenplays, my writing. I uh, can get all the way to the kitchen and turn on some hot water for tea or coffee, and it's a beautiful thing. I just breathe as much as I can. Brown's Gas Hydrogen Machine, promo code 1RADIO for 10% off. We already have a couple of pre-Black Friday sales going on, 
and uh, you might want to look at right now. Great, great sales going on. One of them is this, um, um, the uh, Air Doctor machine that I have won. It's just a beautiful thing, and baby, it, um, it it's it's like it it's like a it's look like a little RTD two in your kitchen, or I have a one uh, near my kitchen. And regularly, check this out, the 83000 the one I have, is regularly $6,000. I'm sorry, 629 I got carried away with the zero. 629 right now, $349 for this puppy. Right on the front page, One Radio Network. I don't think there's a promo code that's needed. This thing is so cool. It's like it thinks, right? So you got this, and it's about 25 feet from my kitchen, and I'm cooking bacon, and all of a sudden, it, you know, it smokes a little bit, and the bacon has the the odor, the great bacon odor, and all of a sudden, you'll hear a little R2-D2 just speed up its fan until it gets rid of all the smoke, and then it goes back down to the normal uh, fan speed that you can't even hear it. Very cool. Going on right now, not even having to wait until Friday on One Radio Network. Secondly, the Pearl Powder Calcium Use promo code, promo, uh, promo code Thanksgiving for 25% off. And that's right on the front page of One Radio Network. Uh, 25% off, OneRadioNetwork.com. Use promo code Thanksgiving. Uh, that's the biggest sale they've ever had. She just wanted to kind of um, have a, kind of a, you know, a, a gratitude thing going on. So uh, it'd be a nice thing if you enjoy the Pearl Sam Powder. This is the only thing I brush my teeth with. You can take it internally. It is from Real Pearl. It's a once-living once source. It's, it's heavy on the calcium, but there's all kinds of target proteins as well. It's an incredible product. Help you sleep. It's uh, uh, really nice for your skin, your hair, your nails, and then you can brush your teeth with it. You get, I would get the three-pack of the green container in the powder and uh, brush your teeth with it and then get some of the uh, calc- uh, capsules and take that. Use promo code THANKSGIVING uh, and for 30 or for 25% off. It's a beautiful thing on OneRadioNetwork.com. Know the source on One Radio Network. We're talking with uh, the author of uh, The Lethal Dose, Murder by Medicine is No Accident, Dr. Jennifer Daniels, VitalityCycles.com, in the lovely place of Panama. What's your latest uh, COVID update from Panama? Every about the same as this country, off and on, masking, whatever. We have a deadline. COVID will be gone uh, December 20th. This has been announced. Oh, good. Oh, what's it, where's it going to go? Yeah, COVID will be cured and everybody in all times. Ah, uh, all well, COVID, I'm, everything. I'm glad about 20th, that. This COVID's over. And I guess, like I said, we're, 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 we've got it scheduled that global warming is going to start January 1st. Yeah, January 1st. That's when really, yeah, I, I agree. You know, that's really something to worry about. Uh, Dr. Daniels, other than, <laughs> other than the uh, uh, creepy crawlies, what what are some things that turpentine can do for the body? Uh, you're you're kind of the the real authority on turpentine. Well, turpentine is a solvent. So what turpentine can do is it can dislodge toxins that are stuck in your body, huh. stuck in your cell membranes, stuck in your lymphatics, and that is its major value. Is it, another major value? Is in addition to getting your uh, parasites to just pack up and leave because they don't feel welcome anymore. Yeah, they're yeah. just not feeling the love. Yeah. They're not feeling and the love. Also, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not feeling and the love here. This lot is toxins from your tissues. And this is why it's so important to be hydrated and to poop three times a day. So when those, those dislodged toxins can then leave the body uh. instead of just relocating six inches down the road. So that's why the key, the elimination, you talk three or four times a day when you do turpentine. Otherwise, it's just going to still hang out there. It's not going to, they're not going to go, right? Right. Your mystery is going to kind of shift around like musical chairs. Mm-hmm. And what you really want is you want the stuff to leave. A Tuesday, I start taking a teaspoon of turpentine and sugar. Uh, first time in years, two years, three years. And I've been doing it every day since. 
and um, um, there is more. I have more clarity, you know, more clarity yeah. of mind. I don't know what that's about. Is mm-hmm. that getting just creepies out of my brain, or no? Your, your brain is nerves. You have a nerve ending, and it hits, uh, you know, receptor, uh-huh. and these connections get filled with gunk. And wow. the turpentine cleans that out, so you make better connections. So your brain thinks quicker and figures things out quicker. Because it's a solvent, right? Turpentine is a solvent, correct? Right, and it dissolves the crud that's creating the that's delaying those signals. Now, in my case, I you know what's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, seven days. So. How do I know when to stop, or do I, or what do you, what you, what do you recommend? My experience is if you're taking a teaspoon, yes. that's pretty safe to take for like 30 days in a row. Whoa. But if you take half a teaspoon, if you lower it to half a teaspoon, you can do it every day indefinitely. No kidding. In other words, it's not going to stimulate. Right. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't felt, I haven't felt any strange effects from it. One day I felt a little silly for about, you know, 20 minutes. I think it just you know went down whatever, but it was it's been great, really easy to do. Yeah, exactly, it's just it's amazing. When I discovered it back in the nineties, I'm like, wow, people knew about this. It would change <laughs> their life. Wow. I mean, really change their life. It would save marriages. You know, <laughs> it, it would help. Oh wait a minute! Can we advertise? It will save your marriage. It will save your marriage. Can we advertise that? <laughs> A lot of times people uh, have interpersonal difficulties because they internally feel miserable. Right, right. And so when you get these toxins out of your body, you don't have that internal misery. Yes. What we did was we put it in our store. We don't make a profit on it. We don't sell it. But we wanted to have it available for you, the best one that we know of, Diamond G Forest Products. That's our favorite. It's in our store. You go through Amazon and you just buy it. We don't make any money on it, but... We just wanted to offer it as a service. We think that's the best one. I really like the smell of it. I like the taste of it. It's a good one. Diamond G Forest Products. Well, where do you get yours? Do you care? Um, I just go down the street to a, a suspicious-looking hardware store that has a uh, open door. Yeah. And I walk in and say, hey, I'd like some turpentine. And they get a dirty uh, yellow jug. Oh, here it is. And as you can see on uh, the label, can you see that label? No, no, we can't see it. The, the lights are on. We can't see it. Yes, Tell- you can. It's a torn old label with nothing on it. Oh, yeah, nothing torn on it. old yeah. label with nothing on it, yeah. What was in this jug before? I don't know. And, I'm guessing maybe it was cooking oil. I don't know. And how do you and know so we, it's pure uh, pine numbers? How do you know? We're getting there. So they, they take it in the back, and they have a 50-gallon vat of something. We don't know what it is. And they fill this jug and hand it back to me. For a whopping sum of $9, I have a gallon of it. Since I know what turpentine is, I can smell it and say, mm, yeah, that's it. So you just go by the smell. You don't, you don't ask them if it's pure pine gum spirits of turpentine? There's a language barrier here. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know that in Spanish, right? I say turpentine, they're like, mm, uh, agarras? <laughs> they run the back, you know. They uh, get a gallon of <clears throat> what they believe to be the case, and I smell it. Smells right. I taste it, and I feel the same effect that I'm used to feeling. So I'm good. Very interesting. You're- As you can see, I'm a little bit low, so it's time for me to go drive up the road there. I think that's pretty brave of you, just by going by the smell. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because, <laughs> man, you do that around here and you end up going to Home Depot and smelling and say, oh, that's good. No. Well, originally the, the uh, report was written based on turpentine from the hardware store. Was it? So that candy, the cleaner report, was based on no. a can of turpentine from the hardware store. And what are the words that people And literally, need? I had patients that come to my office and say, Dr. Daniels, which can, you know, show me turpentines. Oh, I said, well, here's my can. Dr. Daniels, I'm buy that can. I ain't go to the hardware store and buy any, I'll buy that can. <laughs> they wouldn't buy any can unless I opened it and used it myself 
and I was allowed to tell it, right? That's funny. They would buy, they would buy it, yeah. <laughs> and Dr. Daniels, what words should people make sure they see on the label? Um, so there's what you see. It's 100% pure gum spirits. Okay. So each one of those words has a different meaning. And so 100%, that means there's nothing else in the can. Pure gum means made from nothing but the sap. Spirits means it's the distilled liquid from the sap. Yeah. So 100% pure gum spirits. All four are necessary. There's something called wood turpentine, which is not made from the sap. It's made from taking the wood, grinding it up, and it's a byproduct of paper manufacturing. We so wood that. turpentine is not the same as pure gum spirits of turpentine. Okay. We, uh, we called the Diamond G Forest Products fellow one time years ago when, we, when you first turned us on to turpentine. And he's got this incredible yeah. pine tree forest. And he told me how he right. made it. And he just sticks a thing in, gets the sap, distills it. Right. That's it. That's what he does. That's it. Over. Yep, well, isn't it all? Well, could you also classify that as an essential oil, Dr. Daniels? No. No? Uh, because the way it's made. So essential oils are made from the from the leaf and other parts of the plant. Oh. So this is not made from the leaf. It's not made from the flowers. not made from the wood. It's the sap. The sap. So it's a different part of the plant that's um, not what essential oils are made from. Yeah. Terp- pine trees are pretty cool. We get pine pollen. Yeah, way cool. Uh, DMSO, actually, that's the original source of DMSO, isn't it? There's something magical about right. pine trees, baby. Absolutely. I mean, once you start using turpentine and experiencing the benefits, you can see why people start worshiping trees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, build a fence around this one. Protect it. <laughs> a friend of mine is a real um, interested in the Vatican and the whole geopolitical thing with the Vatican yeah. and all that. He said he went, so he went to Rome and he really wanted to kind of sniff it out. And he said they have a huge a huge statue of a pine cone in the Vatican in the square there. In the Vatican? I wonder what that's about. I think it's because they realize the importance of the pine tree. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, This is from Sheila. My husband has had pain in his lower back for years. Tight muscles, knots. Has a hard time bending over. About a couple of months ago, out of nowhere, the pain became so intense that he could hardly walk, stand up, or sit down. He had He's had x-rays, mas- uh, massages, chiropractic adjustments with minimal relief. X-rays show no disc right. issues. So, also, she, her second question is about bursitis. Okay, so what about her husband? So, he's having a hard time here. Yeah, so his problem is malnutrition. Mal- he is not eating enough stuff diet to build enough tissue back there to uh, allow him to bend forward. And he's ignored the situation, so it's just basically progressively worsened and worsened. And that tissue, uh, the tendon and muscle have gotten shorter and shorter and shorter. And mm. now, you know, he can't even uh, get out of bed. Yeah. <sighs> What's a man to do? <laughs> so. What's a fella to do? What's a fella to do? <laughs> So, the first problem is his diet. It's totally messed up. So, get you know, go to VitalitySacrifice.com and get a copy of the Candida Cleaning Report. Follow that diet. Add to that diet either pigtails or chicken feet. Hmm. So, pigtails or chicken feet, probably for him, maybe pigtails. I'll go for pigtails. Uh, will replace and repair every piece of tissue that's affected here. Now, let's just say he goes for the pigtails. He wants to eat about a pound of pigtails a day. Sounds like a lot, but pigtails are mostly bones, so don't worry about it. And um, he will actually experience improvement in his pain within two days. He will see it. It's just that dramatic. The next thing he should do uh, once he does that is keep eating the pigtails till the pain is gone. And once the pain gets to be, mm, mm, we'll call it bearable, (laughs) then he should start doing simple stretching, like laying in bed and bending his knees and straightening his 
you know, bending his knees and straightening them, you know. And then gradually do more and more uh, exercises like that. Now he can put castor oil on the area that's affected, but his real problem is malnutrition. And there's not a good surgery or drug for that. Mm. But it's a lot easier. Just kidding. It is. <laughs> I'm going to take that pill. Rather, I'm going to take that pill. I'll be yeah, good. I'm going to take a pill to cook, uh, uh, what is it, uh, pigtails. Pigtails. Now, pigtails. Yeah. It looks like a bunch of penises in the pot. So it's really disgusting. And um, with our cultural bias in the United States, it's a lot of getting over. So his wife is definitely going to have to cook this for him. And probably cut it up in pieces so he doesn't recognize it because it does look like a pot full of penises. Have you ever had, uh, you had mentioned uh, bull balls or Rocky Mountain oysters to the lady. Have you ever had those? Yeah, both. Are they any good? Bull oh, yes. Bull testicles? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Well, when you say are they any good, you mean do they taste great yeah, do, or do they have a great effect? Both. <laughs> they have a wonderful effect. <laughs> what do they do? What do they do for you? Bull balls. They don't have they don't have much of a taste. Yeah. And the texture is pretty creepy. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I personally cook them until done, cut them in little, like, one centimeter cubes. Yeah. And then just uh, put, like, a quarter cup into maybe tomato sauce with my spaghetti or something. Mask And that way, yeah. Mm, yeah. So, that's getting them down. So, it's easy to get them down because you can just cut them in cubes, yeah, throw them into your spinach and mushrooms or whatever and have them over rice. But they give you incredible physical strength and coordination. Huh. <laughs> and then they give you mental focus and determination. So once you start eating bull testicles, you have the ability to focus on something and stick with it until it is done. It's amazing. You're like, so you're pick, oh my gosh. you're picking up the vibes of this guy going after a girl, right? Or whatever he does. Well, you know, you could go after a girl if you're a guy. No, I mean the bull. I'm talking about the bull. You're picking up that, that energy, maybe. Yes, absolutely. Mm. But you can use it to get your house clean, you know. <laughs> use it to finish cooking something. Use it to uh, Whatever. not procrastinate about anything. Right. Yeah. Whatever. It's amazing, yeah. yeah. Um, that's hilarious. There's a fellow in, in, in uh, that we know of in Pennsylvania uh, that he sells them. That might be fun. I might order some just for fun. Absolutely. Just oh, try. yeah. Yeah. Um, this now, is, there's all kinds of fancy, elaborate recipes online for bull testicles. Don't bother. Just pressure cook them for two hours until they're absolutely soft. Fish them out the pot. Cut them into cubes. And once I cut them into cubes, I put them in a, a, a little Ziploc bag in the freezer. And I can scoop them out and throw them in the pot of whatever I'm eating or cooking. Huh. And that makes it super simple. Now, the broth, after you've cooked the bull testicles, is just as powerful as the testicles themselves. I guess so. And the broth has an inoffensive flavor as well. So you can freeze the broth and just throw a cup of that into whatever. It's like, woo. Woo. Melba's in Florida. She wants to know, um, yes. what is your opinion on giving ourselves so-called cold water treatment like Taking cold showers, cold baths, are there benefits and how to go about it? Thank you. Well, I'm definitely a favor of the Wim Hof oh, yeah. uh, method, yeah. and I've done that myself. And I like it a lot. So what I would recommend is the Wim Hof method, and you can just find um, stuff online. I would stick with the videos done by Wim Hof himself yeah, because it's very simple. And other people try to embellish it, turn it into some difficult practice you have to pay them for or whatever. But if you just listen to the Wim Hof video, he's very, very simple. So the point is, with the cold water, what I found was it helps my body maintain and control its internal temperature. And because it uh, chills you to the core, <laughs> It, in my case, it increases my tolerance for for ambient temperature changes. So temperature can go way up or way down, and I'm still comfortable. I don't have to start taking stuff off and putting stuff on. Um, the other thing it does is it allows me to exercise more vigorously without overheating. So it greatly increases my exercise tolerance, 
and I can work more on my flexibility and my strength. So I, I really like it. Uh, the problem with practicing it down here is the water is so hot that, you know, sometimes you just can't get a cold enough water source. Yeah, I understand. Um, so I've noticed, and I do a lot of cold showers almost every night after my sauna, and I've noticed it's so funny about the internal temperature, and I, I've experienced it. So you do a cold shower, and you get out, and you're warm. You do a hot shower, and you get out, and you're cold. Or also, if you do a hot shower and you get out, then you're trying to go to sleep, and you overheat very quickly. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable. So you want to bring that internal core temperature, not so much bring it down, but have it in a situation where your body can work at night with healing and everything it has to do, and that the generated heat doesn't overwhelm you. Oh, so it's it's better than right before bed, so it doesn't excite you too much, the cold shower, to, to sleep? My, I, I doesn't seem to bother me. No, much. I don't think so. I okay. think it, it even helps. Yeah, yeah. it helps. Yeah. Of course, I don't sleep much anyway, but that's besides the point. Don't get me started. Again, there's a cold shower, then there's Wim Hof. So check out Wim Hof. Wim Hof. I personally yeah. hate cold showers because the problem with cold showers is the water hits, like, you know, your head and then your shoulders. By the time it gets to your knees, it's really not that cold. Mm -hmm. uh, but you immerse yourself in a tub of cold water, that's a very different experience, and I think uh, far superior, actually. 